We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 67 of Married Millennials. This week, we are joined by Cassie Athena, photographer to NBA athletes, and I mean, she's this overall kind of a dope human being. Yeah, I've known Cassie for years, and you know, in this interview, she's very candid, as she always is, and as Joy's mentioned, and any of you guys who follow, really, the NBA athletes, I'm sure you've seen a photo somewhere on Instagram with the famous Cassie Athena Watermark. We always joke and say it's not official unless you got the Cassie Athena Watermark. I actually have a few photos that have her watermark, so I'm in an elite-level company. As I said, you know, she's really candid. You know, talks about her relationship with the game and Steph Curry and the importance of networking. She gives us the story about the famous Nick Young meme and just a really a lot of good nuggets for young professionals who are looking to break into any industry. All right, you guys can listen for yourselves. Here's Cassie Athena. Today we are joined by Cassie Athena, celebrity sports and lifestyle photographer, as well as executive director of Through the Lens. Cassie, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me here. So when did you fall in love with the camera? Um, honestly, my whole life I've kind of been into it. My dad kind of, you know, was taking pictures when he was younger. He took a few classes at like a local college. So he always had a camera in my hand since I could remember, you know, even like a little point and shoot. But they were film back then. There's no digital. So right. I kind of learned a little bit like that. And I would just take pictures, you know, with the little throwaway film cameras. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, my dad would kind of like upgrade the technology. And so by the time I was in high school, they had like digital cameras that were pretty affordable. And I just kept, I just love taking pictures and I, I liked it more so for like the memories to remember gotcha. everything. Yeah. Cause sometimes you can't, you know, remember exactly what happened and then you have pictures and stuff. You're like, oh my God, like you could relive all that stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of been like an ongoing process my whole life. I, I just never thought it'd be a profession of mine. It was more of like, this is just for fun for my own personal stuff. So, so a hobby then turned into That's a profession. That's the best way for it to happen. Yeah. Did you go to school or take classes to learn photography or did you just say like, hey, I've had a camera in my hand since I was a kid, so this is what I do? Um, pretty much that, the second one. Um, I did go to school. I went to Glendale College and I was playing basketball. And when you play sports, you have to take classes every semester. Mm-hmm. So um, during the winter session, I took like a Photoshop class because I was a little bit of like a computer nerd. So I was like, this will be easy. Mm-hmm. And my teacher, he actually made like... Uh, these videos that they'd show before the Laker games, like when the screen drops down, these like visual effects highlights. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. He's like, you should take my class next semester and I'll show you how to integrate like your love of art with your love of basketball. And he's the first person that ever like made me realize you can have a career in actually doing sports without having to play sports. So um, after that, I started to like really get more interested in like filming and taking pictures. And that's when like social media was just starting to like YouTube just started. I don't think Facebook was around yet. It was more like my space going on but it was like mm-hmm. you could see how people were starting to gain fan bases based off of social media so mm-hmm. um, I continued actually to do animation I didn't want to do photography so really yeah so I wanted to work on like you know at Pixar DreamWorks type stuff yep. yeah um, I did that I did visual effects I ended up graduating I got my degree from Cal State Northridge in um, animation and then I ended up working as a visual effects producer and I worked on TV shows and movies what and like, yeah so wait hold on there's whole time all kinds of 
impressive. Now, I've known Cassie for years, and I've never once heard anything about, oh, yeah, I wanted to work for Pixar, animation. What switch? I, I just have, I don't know, like, I've always loved cartoons. Like, I grew up on Disney, like, yeah. animation, so... When I, I realized you could do it as a major, like watch cartoons and draw all day, I was like, I want to do this. But um, I realized it's really hard to make money trying to do that. Like most art professions are right. kind of hard. Yep. But um, So I like visual effects. I like working on green screen stuff, TV shows. And then I had an opportunity for an internship at like a big visual effects company. And then I'm like, I don't want to sit on a computer 20 hours a day. So then I transitioned into being like a producer and a coordinator. So I've worked mm -hmm. on like all kinds of cool shows like Magic City and Pan Am and, mm -hmm. you know, Vegas all these big show once upon a time right. and so it was like really fun getting to see that side but it just wasn't really for me so actually during that time I got hired in 2011 and like three months before I got hired was the lockout the NBA lockout yep. and that's when I started you know hearing about players just being all over LA from like the you know the Drew or UCLA or CSUN or Long Beach just everywhere and yep. these were guys that are like Back then, they weren't as big. It was like Paul George and, you know, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, but they weren't super, superstars back then. They were, like, good, but now they're just, like, humongous. So back then, you know, Twitter was starting, Instagram was starting, you know, I'm taking pictures, like, hey, post this, you know, if you want. <laughs> right. like, I didn't care about social media, but they just kept posting it, and they, you know, I remember Paul George, he had, like, 5,000 followers when I met him. He's, like, at, like, 3 million now, you know, so, <laughs> right. so it was kind of cool. Like, I kind of grew with them as they mm -hmm. kept growing, and that's kind of when I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to step away from visual effects because it was, like, moving towards Canada. They wanted me to move to Vancouver. That's mm -hmm. where, like, Hollywood was, like, really moving, mm -hmm. and I didn't, I wasn't passionate about visual effects. It was just like way too much work, way too little pay, and just not really anything I had control of. They could mm -hmm. fire you at any second. You have no connections. So right. I'm like, in basketball, I have all the connections, like personally. So I know like no one can fire me. Yeah. Right. So, but I was like, I can't make money either. So it was, <laughs> it's been a struggle, like finding myself to the point where now I'm like doing it full time professionally. But right. yeah. I wanted to know what the road looked like in between. So from you said visual effects wasn't the business anymore. Right. And then you're transitioning into trying to make photography your full time career. What did that time in between look like? Yeah. So, um, you know, I was working like 15 hours a day, seven days a week, sometimes 24 hours a day. And but when I'd get off work, I'd drive straight to like a Long Beach State game or a Cal State Northridge game and just take pictures. Mm -hmm. And I'd even see like my bosses and stuff there. And they're like, why are you here? You just worked. And I'm like, this is what I love. So mm -hmm. um, they ended up like, they said I talked about basketball too much. And they kind of like <laughs> didn't want me around. So they like the owner of the company basically was like, we're going to have to like part ways with you just because we're moving to Canada. You don't want to go. And he's like, but I don't think this is your lane anyways. You need to go do what you're passionate about. So, you know, he had a brother that worked at Fox sports and he arranged it so I could shoot my first NBA game courtside so I could like actually see what it's like. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good vibe. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> so you said, we're going to let you go, but I'm going to just throw you this nice yeah, line as up. a thank you for working. Right. And I'm going to show you what you can do. And, and I think he really saw my potential somewhere else. He wasn't trying to be rude about it, but if he didn't do that, I would probably, you know, I could still be working there because it was a consistent paycheck. Right. So, so I ended up, you know, shooting courtside my Clipper game and I was like, this is what I need to do. I need to be around this atmosphere with these kind of people. And then after that, it's like I couldn't get into the basketball world. It's like what sets you apart from everyone else with the camera? And so that's when I kind of started talking with the game, the rapper. And I had met him through summer basketball. And he was like, you know, you can just 
you know, shadow me and be my photographer and kind of go everywhere I go. So I started doing music videos and clubs and parties. And, you know, I saw a whole different side of the industry and working with like such a huge rapper, it was like really a blessing because he would just throw me into these situations, trust that I was going to be professional. He'd tell everyone like how great I was. So that was like huge because it really exposed me to like the entire entertainment industry and mm-hmm. how to network with people. And I watch how he moved and like so many people really love him. He's such a good person. And and it just taught me how to like act different in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it taught me a lot actually. But um, I just always kept getting drawn back to basketball. Like when mm-hmm. the summertime would come and all the players are in town, I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, I'm going to yeah. shoot the game, but I also am going to go shoot this, you know, For basketball sure. player. So I try to do entertainment, but it's like a lot of entertainers have their own personal camera man or woman or whatever. Gotcha. So it's a little more like, I guess, competitive. Like I'm the game's photographer and you're that person's photographer. It's like you don't really know. So they have photographers uh, yeah. follow them around? Yeah. So that's why their IGs are on point yes. all the time. Exactly. Like, How do you get all these professional pictures daily? Daily. Oh, new post here, new post there. <laughs> right. right. And so they have a full crew that follows these people. Yeah, usually they have like, you know, a video person, a camera person, especially now with like, you know, social media blowing right. up how it is. They have like one person they trust to follow them. And like game was never like, you're only mine. You can yep. only work for me. He was like, go shoot for whoever. Like, right. you know, and so I kind of liked how he was pushing me to like work with other artists, but other artists are like, well, I got my person and, you know, then the camera people. So one thing I noticed about basketball players is they, first of all, don't need to do anything with social media, you know, like they just need to play good basketball <laughs> right. and get paid, you know? Very right. Like, Recognizable faces. Yeah, like Kawhi Leonard. He doesn't even have social media, you know. He's huge, but, you know, so a lot of players, they don't need camera cameras around them, but I kind of am giving them a reason, like, you should have cameras around because you right. could build, you can build and benefit off of it. So, and because they don't have cameras around, like, and they trust me, it's like one person trusts me, then, like, everyone trusts me. Yeah. Right. It turned into, like, I've now become, like, this basketball NBA celebrity, like, off-season or out-of-game photographer. Like, I don't ever shoot NBA games. You know, I don't work for the NBA. I work for, you know, other brands, Adidas, Under Armour, Jordan, all that. But it's, like, it's so unconventional. I don't work for the NBA, but I know, like, every NBA player. So. That's, That's so fascinating to have found that lane. What is? Yeah. What was the tipping point? You said, you know, you used to, used to just go to college games, shoot. What... What event or what point were you like, okay, this is where it turned with personal relationships? How long, you know, for those, I know so many people who want to be photographers but don't right. necessarily know how to get in and you've created your own unique lane. So right. what what events did you start to shoot and then when was that tipping point when you started meeting these people and it really started to elevate your brand? Ooh, it was, you know, honestly, I think with the development, a lot of Instagram, that was pretty huge, you know, just because I realized how much I could push my own brand and be my own media outlet. But, you know, every summer I would go shoot at different leagues or go shoot um, different workouts and stuff like that. But it just started to get, you know, when the bills start coming in, you don't have any money to pay yeah. it. And I learned real quick, like most celebrities are really not trying to pay you. So, you know, they look at it like, you know, they're famous and they're going to benefit your resume and you're going to benefit their celebrity. So, you know, a lot of a lot of times when you see stuff on social media, it is smoke and mirrors. And that's what, you know, Hollywood is about. You know, you see people in, on Instagram and you, you think they have a certain lifestyle and you realize it's just their Instagram life. You know, in real yeah. life, they're not really making the connections. They're trying to take selfies with certain people. So I realize there's like this fine line and balance. And it's like, how do I make money and how do I do this? And everyone wants to know how I make money and this and that. And at the same time, like, I don't really tell all my business out there because it's still competitive and yeah. there's still people that right. can take my job. But one of the biggest things I realized is to work, like, with the corporations okay. to make my money. So if, you know, Adidas, Jordan, Under Armour, like, those people, they'll take 
take me to events and I'm still working with the players, but I'm getting paid through the corporation. Right. So um, I've built those relationships over the years, but the players really helped me get it. You know, mm-hmm. some of the players will be like, hey, you know, to this sponsor, we're, we got to do a photo shoot. I want Cassie there, you know? And so mm-hmm. then they have to pay me to come shoot. Uh, and right. So it's kind of turned into that. Plus with photography, there's so many different styles. There's people who do just photo shoots and just headshots and just action. And, just, and I'm kind of more of like, I, I love all of it, but I, I tend to get more into like lifestyle and behind the scenes. Yep. And I feel like some of that came from working with the game because like when he's doing a music video, I'm not like, hey, pose, you know, I'm just trying to <laughs> right. capture yeah. yeah, trying to capture the actual those memory. Exactly. Which by the way, if you're in the NBA, that's inv- invaluable because you're not right. gonna get that time back. So it's right. like and not everyone has that experience. Right. And and most of the time the only pictures you see are just sports photography, which right. I love taking sports pictures, but sometimes it's like you want to know more about them. And that's what yeah. I learned about being around the game is like he showed a side to me he wouldn't normally show. You know, he's a gangster rapper, but I'm like shooting his kids playing AAU basketball at his mm-hmm. house and you know him kissing his daughter and you know, I, I love showing that side to show like a positive side, but that just doesn't get as much attention or money <laughs> but at first, but now I feel like now it's starting to like really you know, soak back into the culture. Like, people need something positive and something good, not right. just all the time gossip and stuff like Straight that. Straight up. So, yeah. How did you develop these personal relationships? If you go through your Instagram right now, like, every major NBA player, you have a photo. We've joked so many times, like, it's not official unless it's got the Cassie Athena watermark. <laughs> and I swear you've gotten everybody. How did you start developing these relationships? You know, a lot of it just started during the lockout. It's just, you know, like I said, I'd meet a couple guys that were not very famous, and I didn't really know if they were going to be famous. I just liked them as people. So, um, And then they happened to just, you know, keep blowing up. And they always, nobody's ever complained about my watermark, like an actual celebrity. It's usually like some random person that's like, I don't yeah. like it. But um, You're nobody, stop yeah. tripping. <laughs> and it's, it's like, you want that watermark. Right, <laughs> and it's funny yeah. because when I started taking pictures at like Cal State Northridge of like my friends, I would get so mad that they wouldn't give me photo credit. And it's like, people don't think of a photographer as like a real person. They just think of it as like, you're just looking at the picture. You don't think about that photographer took years to develop these skills and paid a lot of money for their equipment and then is spending time to shoot and driving mm-hmm. there and all these like elements, editing, everything. Yeah. And so, um, and I was like, the least I want is credit. Like yeah. say, like I shot it. So if you're not going to pay me, at least give me something. Yeah. Right. And I was in college, so none of them are paying me, you know? And I, and so I got, um, I was like, I'm going to put a watermark in the like bottom right corner. That would get cropped off. And then I get mad again. So <laughs> right. I started like putting it next to their face because I'm like, you don't give me credit. I'm going to get credit anyways. Right. And then over the years, like, nobody complained about it and people liked the pictures. And then, you know, it turned into, like, now it's turned into some status symbol, especially in the basketball world. Like, if you get a picture by me, it's, like, official, you know? So it's, like, it's kind of cool because I did it because I was annoyed. And, like, photographers used to tell me, like, your watermark is ugly. It looks unprofessional. I'm like, that's cool. When your picture gets stolen, you can go worry about it. But mine, I'm going to give my credit. So, and that was, like, an interesting process to see how now, like, so many people have watermarks and they kind of copy what I do and they put it next to their faces. And I think it's cool because I feel like photographers do deserve their credit and, you know, everybody who's behind the camera. And I learned that from visual effects. We didn't get any recognition. We don't get our name in the credits. We barely get paid. You don't? No, unless it's a movie. But TV shows, like, no credit at all. Yeah, because they don't care about the person that's sitting there that's making this look real. Like, the whole show is filmed on green screen and if it wasn't for us, it would look... And that's hours of labor-intensive work. Yeah, weeks and months and, like, you, and no credit and barely any pay. So it's like, 
I want to make sure that like photographers, you know, not just speaking for myself, but I want people to get credit for their work. Like no matter what you do, if you're a producer that makes music beats or if you're behind the scenes, like I feel like those people are all very important. It's not just about the person in front of the camera all the time, you know? So. Yeah. So when you've seen one of your photos, say manipulated or cropped out, is there anything that you can do? And be like, hey, that's my photo. Can I get credit? Or is it just kind of a lost cause? <laughs> it depends on who it is. The worst part is my Nick Young meme. That's like the most popular. I was, gonna, yeah. I was just going to bring that up. Because <laughs> I deal with that every day. Like. But also, in a, in a way, I would be happy in my heart that something that I, I shot went viral. Of course. And yeah. I am. I think it's the coolest thing ever. But, but it'd be more legit if your name was right there. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, he got 10 times more famous off of it. And then people were like, oh, you did that? I'm like, yo, like, I did that. Yeah. It's so much work. But, I mean, it's that's a part of, you know, just this industry. You, you risk things getting stolen and all right. that. And I usually don't care. Like, I love that it's viral and everywhere. And I, and I really don't hit people up anymore. Like, hey, I need my photo credit, you know? Because if I shoot, like you said, like, I know all of the people I shoot on my page. Whether yeah. it's Steph Curry to Russell Westbrook. Like, I know all of these people. So when, they, when I take their picture, they know I took it. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to give me photo credit or leave my watermark. So the people that, like, I want to work with, they're not cropping my stuff my stuff off it's usually like you know little kids that want to edit their pictures for Instagram oh, yeah, so all the right. crazy edits yeah so okay. I usually don't get mad at them I might say something here and there like hey make sure you leave my you know watermark on there you could do whatever you want I'm totally cool with people posting and all that the Nick, Nick Young meme is like that one is a lost cause like I've let it <laughs> yeah. go like, well, well, and explain to people because it's the one with all the question marks yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's like, like the what? He, was, he was like talking to his mom so yeah, give uh, us the behind yeah, give us the, the true the story side. behind the meme <laughs> it was like like, so I'd, I, being around all these athletes, I realized that there's so much people don't see because right. they'll never have access to it. And even if you do, you don't have a camera and you right. can't post it. So I decided, uh, me and my friend, his name is Jordan Richard, he plays basketball too, but me and him kind of came up with the idea like I should go film these guys' personal lives and post it and do like a web series. So mm -hmm. I started through the lens and I started filming and I'm like, okay, I don't really know how to film but I know how to edit everything, you know? So I asked Nick Young, he was coming off a losing season with the Sixers, like people didn't really know about him. And I was like, hey, let's film. So he was totally down. I went to his house, like he took me everywhere. We went to his mom's house, this and that. It was like one of my favorite episodes and one of the most popular ones I've done. And, um, but yeah, we went to his house and his mom is a character. Like, you think Nick is a character? Like, his mom and him could have a reality it's show. It's hereditary. Yes. And like, then throw she, Gilbert Arenas in there. And oh you have my a full-fledged full, reality show. Yes, they're so funny. And the mom is just so funny. It was my first time meeting her. And she just kept saying all this stuff to embarrass Nick because she knew he was going to, like, blush on camera. And, be like, and she did it on purpose to just make everyone laugh. And she said something about how, like, Nick was a clown when he was younger. And, like, if he actually took it serious, he would be great. And, you know, he like did this face, yeah. but it was literally like one second. Like, uh -huh. if you watch the full video, it's like, like yeah. you would never notice. Right. But something inside me was like, yo, I have to pause it and add question marks. Yeah. And even my partner on the series, he's like, stop, like, stop obsessing over it. I'm like, no, I have to do this. <laughs> he was like, why? You were compelled. Yeah, like, you we knew. fought about it for like two yeah. hours because I couldn't get the question marks right. I couldn't get it all, you know. And then I got it right, and I'm like, okay, it's good. And he was like, I don't know why you did that. And then it blew up, and he's like, wow, like, I'm so glad yeah, you did yeah. it. Yeah, you have an instinct. 
Yeah, and a lot, and it's cool because a lot of people have discovered my web series because of that meme. That episode has you know 1.3 million views on it because of ESPN will post it and they'll make sure hey go watch Cassie Athena's through the lens. So it's like Mm. a lot of people give me credit for it. So I don't get mad. It's usually some random person on Instagram, but I mean I've seen everyone from like LeBron James to whoever posts it, you know. And it's like they might not know I took it, but it's still cool. But it's me. It's in my Instagram bio, just so y'all know. I had to change it recently. Get my credit. So. It's cool thinking something I edited like in my house has been seen by billions of people. Yeah. Sure. So, what has been your best photography experience? Not even just photography experience. And you talked about going behind the scenes and filming these athletes when they're not playing their sport. Right. What has been your most memorable video or photography experience with anyone that you've shot? Man. Well, for video, it's like when I get to spend a whole day with them. So that's kind of cool because when I take pictures, it's usually an event. You don't really get to know them. I, you know, they know who I am, but we don't talk like deep conversations. Yeah. When I film them for a day, I'm spending, you know, six to ten hours with them. And it's cool because they really open up and they show their personality. And for video, like, I think I've just been surprised. Like someone like Rudy Gay's never let anyone film him. Let me film him for two days. And he was so funny. Like I was crying like the whole time. And <laughs> it, it kind of surprised me because he's never let anyone film him. And I could see why because, you know, he's just like you have to edit some stuff out of there. But yeah. he's just so real and authentic. And it was, mm-hmm. it was cool to see stuff like that. Andre Drummond, he was like, you know, making me die laughter. Like, all these dudes, like, Aaron Gordon was getting, like, harassed by fans all day, and he stopped and took pictures of every one of them. So I love seeing, like, who they really are as people. Like, that's really cool to me. And building the relationship with their friends and family, you know? Like, you know, you get to be friends with the moms and the wives and the sisters and the kids. And, you know, I love that part of it. So for photography, like, some of my biggest moments, I'm like, there's so many, it's kind of hard to think about. Um... All-Star Weekend in uh, Toronto. Under Armour had me shoot Steph Curry, and I sh- I've been shooting him, like, every All-Star Weekend since his first one. Mm-hmm. And um, But this year was cool because it was, like, Toronto, and we took a helicopter, and we were, like, flying to a mall appearance, and it was just, like, crazy. Then it was, like, That's a blizzard going. Yeah, there's only, like, six people in the helicopter, and Jeez. the helicopter's shaking. Yeah. We land, and then he's, like, walking out, and it's, like, snow everywhere, and it was just kind of cool. Like, it was just different. Like, I'm taking it's pictures of curry in a snow blizzard, you know, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. In Toronto. Yeah, in Toronto. Like, it's just... It kind of made me realize, like, how far my career has come, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, and... And I'm sure you'll ask later too, but it was also like the anniversary of like, you know, my brain tumor situation when I was diagnosed with it. And it's like, it was crazy to think. And I even told Steph, I was like, look, you know, it was like five or six years prior to this, I was laying in a hospital bed, not sure where my, if I was going to, you know, be alive. And now Mm -hmm. I'm on a helicopter with Steph Curry shooting him in Toronto at All-Star Weekend, you know? So it's kind of like a reality check for me, but like in a good way, like, wow, like this is... I'm glad I'm still here, you know, so. That's yeah. so dope. And I want to stay on the topic of your brain tumor. Yes. I know it is something that you have talked about for years. It's in your Instagram bio. It's not something you hear every no, day, too, you especially don't. from a young person. Right. How, how old were you? What were your symptoms? How did you know? It's, it's a little crazy. So I was a, a junior at Cal State Northridge. I think I was, I was 20 years old when it happened. And I just had like a horrible headache. It was midterms and mm-hmm. I was just complaining to all my classmates like, oh, when I turn my head, I'm blacking out. And they're like, you should go mm. to like the school doctor. So I went and the nurse was like, you know, it's just midterms. You have a headache, like you'll be okay. And then the doctor comes in and he was like, you're probably cool, but like it could also be a brain tumor. And I'm like, what? Yeah, oh, like, you just okay. said it that casual. Yeah, oh, no. Like you either have a headache or you have a brain tumor. And I was like, 
okay, so, you know, I call my dad and nobody's like thinking it's really that. They're like, you know, just calm down. I'm like, no, I have to go to the emergency room. So we went to the emergency room and then the people there were heckling me like, oh, you're a college student with a headache. You know, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, okay, but you know, the doctor said it could be a tumor. So they're like, okay, so they took me in, they did a CAT scan and then sure enough, they found it. So it was like totally crazy, but they said my headache had nothing to do with the tumor. Like the headache was just from being a college student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, no. after that, everyone's like, oh, I've been having headaches. I'm like, no. Like they said, if you have a headache from a brain tumor, you'd be dead within hours. So you wouldn't even know. Like, so if you have a headache, you're probably fine. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a headache, it's not a brain tumor. So like, yeah. how would you know you have a brain tumor? Exactly. So oh. it was just like, but it was, I mean, I, it was like a coincidence that we felt like it was God showing me like, look, you have this, you got to take care of it. Right. And so they didn't know how fast it was growing, how long I've had it. The only thing they knew is right away that it wasn't cancerous, which usually like if it's well, cancerous, good. you die within like three months. There's right. like no, Cause it I haven't spreads. Really, yeah, because it's so bad. It's like such an important, you know, part of your body. So, right. um, but the one thing was, is it was in the balance part of my brain. Mm -hmm. So they didn't know how I could walk. They didn't know how I could like move, nothing like that. And I'm like, I, you know, play college basketball and I'm an art major and they didn't know how I was functioning. So I was like, it must be pretty bad. So they told me I have about, you know, maybe like one or two months to really like get my stuff and go get my surgery because I didn't want to miss school. It was yep. February when I got diagnosed and I didn't want to like take another year of school. That's all I'm thinking about. Yeah, you know? like, I'm not I trying to pay say, for another year. You got a brain tumor <laughs> yeah. about school. Man, I was like, can we do this over summer? So he was like, yeah. <laughs> and actually, I think, I think today is the anniversary. Yeah, it's tomorrow is the anniversary of my, of my surgery. So. Oh, wow. Jeez, look yeah. at that. Yeah, all these July full circle 9th. moments. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, so I, you know, I had to shave my head. It was in like the uh, lower left part of my brain. So I only had to shave like the bottom part of my hair. So at least I could like put my hair down and look right. like, you know, normal. And then they went in there and when they got in there, they realized it was a lot bigger than they thought. So it was, you know, it was probably like about this big, you know, like a walnut almost. Okay. And then it had pr like f my body formed some kind of protective gel around it. So it was even bigger mm. because they said I've had it since I, w they realized after they took it out, but they said I've had it since I was probably around 12 years old. Oh my God. Yes. Like a tumor so you're just living for years with a brain tumor. Right, in like a critical part of my brain. And oh my that's God. scary as hell. They yeah. make me want to go get a CAT scan. I was like, I need a CAT scan. Go get this. Check it was this so right random. Like, yeah. And then they, um, they told me like, as I went through puberty, it was growing. So they said it was still growing. It was just slow growing, but it could have gotten a lot worse if I didn't check it. And um, it could have really messed with like my body functions and stuff. So it's yeah. good that they removed it. And, um, you know, they said that it's a possibility it could grow back. They didn't take all of it out. You know, there's little pieces of it. But, you know, they were like, if that happens, we'll just take it out again. But, yeah, I had 27 staples in the back of my head. I have a metal plate on my skull. Oh my what? Um, yeah. So it's, like, kind of crazy. And, and then after they took it out, because I wasn't being affected with my balance before it happened. So when they took it out, I had, like, the worst balance ever. Like, imagine being, like, super drunk and hungover for three months straight. Like, it was oh, just like, yeah. And I would just walk, I would be walking and I'd be on the floor. And I'm like, how did I get here? Because I didn't even notice, like, you my balance. You didn't notice that you were falling. Yeah, so it was like a little dangerous. Like the first couple months, I went back to school like that semester and kept going. I had to make up for a lot of work yep. from missing school, but you know, I just ended up you know recovering. It took a while. It was like really painful. I don't like pain medicine, so I'm taking Advil, and I just had a brain tumor. Oh like, my god! I didn't want Vicodin. I didn't want morphine. I was like, I don't. I just don't like it. So. 
It was like <laughs> you just you know, you're you're, you know I just trooper. feel I'm just sitting here like man I took Advil when I have a headache and you just coming off a of brain, brain surgery right. like, no, I just need an Advil like, I'm good and I'm going back to never class again. yeah I'm just gonna yeah I'm gonna just sit here and realize how tough I'm not right thank you, thank you yeah. for, for letting me know that that's amazing yeah though. so your recovery you said was three months. Yeah, it took about three months for me to actually, like, be able to function pretty normal. But to this day, if you touch the back of my head, it still hurts. Like, this, there's so much scar tissue where they cut it open. Yeah. And you can't really rehab, like, the back of your skull. So it's, like, it's just that muscle's all tender. So it's kind of, people hug me too hard. I'm like, no, oh, please don't, don't do please don't. <laughs> my tumor. Yeah. Uh, and do you have to go back and get a CAT scan every year? Like, what's the protocol for that? Yeah, so at first it was, like, once a year I had to go get checkups. Now it's, like, every five years I have to go and see my neurologist and he goes through and makes sure five that, years yeah that's a so. long time yeah well that's good I don't want to go every year yeah, you're like nah I'm, I'm good I I'm good about at. pap smears they do pap smears now like every three years I'm like but what if something's wrong and you miss it <laughs> for you know it, it something happens like the year after I have my so now I lie I, I say like oh there's something wrong down there you gotta check it out <laughs> right. every year right just so you know you're good that is yeah. smart though yeah, yeah. I, I wonder what the thinking is behind going every, every three years because that is yeah. a point there's people like yeah. well, you, well you hear it all the time with, with cancer is yeah. they've you know got an original evaluation and said oh no you're fine yep. come back a year get another eval and then next thing you know that oh you're at stage four cancer but it's like yeah I went to the doctor right three four five times over these last two years and nobody said anything and now I'm at stage four right pissed as hell well yeah that would not be good so. right now switching back to to photography it is a very male-dominated sport. Not only just photography, but also the NBA and basketball, sports photography. Have you had any challenges as a woman navigating the space? Oh, yeah. Like, definitely. Um, <laughs> Spill the tea. Uh, there's so much. Yeah, like, they, I, you know, and not to speak ill, of, but I would just imagine that they view women a certain way. Yeah. I mean, and that it's just that world. Not right. that I'm condoning it, but I'm just saying, like, women are viewed as, you know, pleasurable things right? right so it's like right. even though you're in a respectable field you're you're there working I can right. imagine that you've probably had some issues right and at first I really had to like force the issue of like I'm here to be respected for my photography and mm-hmm. you know because at first when people saw me I think they were like what's she really trying to do like this yeah. white girl with a camera down here in the hood taking pictures it was like people were telling me stuff like this and I'm like I'm just trying to take cool pictures yeah. like I'm not trying to and then their girlfriends are like asking why is this girl taking your picture and right. so it's started off a lot of like questions like what are what are your real intentions because you know I, I mean I don't know any groupies that take dope pictures to like get out <laughs> right. like, that's way too much work that's a lot of work right there that like, is. Yeah, like so. all you really have to do is throw on some heels right like, it's like that's you know, way easier than right. like starting like a photography skill, career yeah. like <laughs> I know how I'm gonna get in like come on right like yeah. so I think once people started realizing like okay she's really not trying to do all that stuff then they started being cool with me um i started making friends with like a few players and then it's like it was like a domino effect like once you do this and that but it was more so like local la people were respecting me it wasn't like on a national like level so i would go to other places or go to you know certain nba games and it's just all guys like there's no females like every now and then there might be some across the country but like there's really no female sports photographers. Right. And then when I walk in, I'm six feet tall, I've got blonde hair, so I stand out even more. Yep. So yeah. I've seen like, I went to an NBA finals one time and I got credentialed and 
there must have been 50 guys that walked in with their, you know, credentials. And then I walked in. I was the only one that got stopped. They were like, you need to come aside. They were like double checking that my credentials were real. Because oh they thought I was trying to like sneak in the locker room. Yep. Right. Like this doesn't even make sense. Like I have a camera. But <laughs> so I get like profiled a lot for like, I, she's not really a photographer. Like, why does she have that camera? At first, it was like that. And then as I started to just, like, I kind of just had to put it out of my mind. Like, that's the first thing people say when they, like, maybe don't... I mean, people don't really not like me, but some people might get kind of jealous or feel some type of way. So the first thing they do is, you know, they'll say rumors, like, oh, she's hooking up with that player. You're like, I had an issue with a pretty large company where one of the uh, ladies there didn't like me. She did PR and she started telling people that I was, you know, hooking up with players for Instagram shout outs. And she like told everyone. Damn. And I was like, like, that's a lot of work. You know, like, <laughs> right. I, pictures. I gotta go do that for an Instagram shout out. Like, or maybe it's just like, they like my picture, you know? Yep. So, right. you know, at first people were maybe like questioning, like, was well, it true? But then they're like, when you think about it, it's like, I don't have time to do that. Like I'm at home. You know, on my Instagram, it might look like I just party with celebrities 24-7, but the majority is I'm sitting at home by myself on my laptop right. while everyone else is partying. I'm trying to edit, edit to post my Instagram, you know, picture. So I've had a lot of issues, and I've met some photographers that just adore me, like real, like, OG photographers Dope. that have shot everyone from, like, Tupac and Aaliyah, and they're like, oh, wow. yo, this is how you do it. This is how you get in the game. Like, entertainment photographers, you know, some sports photographers, they love me, and they embrace me, and they teach me because they don't feel threatened by me because yeah. they have their position right. and they know I'm going to respect their position. Right. So those people, there's been a few, very few like that. Yeah. <laughs> like a Very few. Yeah. yeah, it's like a handful. I'm um, thinking about this PR person. Did she speak to her connections about this? Like, because your job as a PR, as a publicist, right, is to have connections and right. spread word. Oh, yeah. So like she, she used her connections Oh, yeah, with like, coworkers. She way. was telling leagues I was working with, all kinds of stuff. It was like a big ordeal. That's so messy. And, um, but that's when I really started to learn like, that's something that happens. And it's not just it's not just photography. Even when I worked in visual effects, you know, yeah. it's just any industry you work in, there's going to be rumors and gossip and people hating on you. So I kind of got used to I mean, it's like high school, you know. Some yeah. people just don't ever leave high school. Right. And I just realized, you know what, and a lot of that hate, it like I couldn't go work at certain places because it was just a lot of, you know, friction, but it forced me to start my own brand. You know, I was like, right. you don't want me coming to your event? I'll just go to this other event. It's LA. There's too much stuff going on for me right. to like worry. And I mean, I've been at the places where I'm like coming home every day crying and I'm upset because of rumors and mm. it's like affecting my money and you know people don't want to hire me because they think that what this lady's saying is true or what this person's saying is true and oh, it's like you're affecting my money and like my integrity and I like right. go out of my way to like not be like that right and then I just realized you know what like you can go ask any one of these players you know go go ask Nick Young about me go ask Steph Curry anybody you want go ask them about who I am as a person mm -hmm. and they're gonna tell you I'm not like that they're gonna right. tell you how good I am with them and their family so at the end of the day that's all the opinions that matter mm -hmm. you know I don't really care anymore about like the side talk because I know what I'm doing and they know what I'm doing that's really the only people that matter so that's a shame that it, the thought is in order for a woman to be successful within a male-dominated industry they have to be sleeping with somebody right like, and and I feel like it's maybe a little worse in like entertainment because a lot of the women that hang around like that's their intentions yeah. they want right. to like they want to get that and I learned that real fast from working around the game just because he is like such an entertainer and he's very he's a little more accessible than NBA players because he's at the club he's at the, you can kind of find him a little easier so his attention is just like insane like he can't be low-key entertainers have to like go out and 
make appearances and yep. stuff. So being around him, like he always treated me with respect and treated me like I was family. So I just learned how to just navigate through that to where like, you know, I'm going to let all of them do what they want. I'm cool with all the groupies. I don't care what they do. I don't judge them. It's just like, that's not what I want to do. And I want to be respected as a photographer. And, you know, every now and then somebody... Like, for the most part, players don't really come at me like that. You know, every now and then I might have, like, somebody try to hint something, but it's kind of like, look, like, I want to be respected as a photographer, and if you don't like it... I mean, they have millions of girls trying to get at them. You yeah. don't need to talk to me. Like, <laughs> like, right. So they don't get mad even if I'm, like, I'm not interested. They're like, that's cool. You know, I don't care. But um, I just go out of my way to not present myself like that because I want right. to be respected. And it's, it's difficult, but it also works to my advantage because like when the game would take me out, it's like I'm another female. I'm not some like old guy trying yep. to be part of the crew. Right. You know, players will take me on, you know, vacations to shoot them and this and that. And I kind of blend in with their group. I'm not like this old creepy, like whatever. <laughs> right. Like so, and I think that makes people mad too, but it's like, you know, I, I got to work with what I got. Right. So it's cool. Like it's a, a disadvantage, but also an advantage. Right. So. Now, has hanging with all of these celebrities impacted your dating life? <laughs> it definitely has. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like the only way I could describe it is like a guy that shoots Victoria's Secret models all day and then right. tries to have a girlfriend. And she's like, you know, like, I don't, you know, like, you want to trust them, but you're like, the, like, look at what you hang around all the yeah. time. Um, I've definitely, there's a few guys I've tried to date, like non-basketball players, yeah. just out of that world. And they're like, you're going to shoot who? Like, you're going to go hang out with who? Like, you know, I'm either with Chris Brown in the game and Rick Ross, or I'm with, you know, like, in, you know, whatever NBA player. And, like, to me, I've gotten to know these people so well, it's, like, normal. Like, yeah. we're the yeah, homies. Like, they're just people. Yeah, but to, like, the rest of the world, that's, like, nobody even gets to make eye contact with those people, let alone hang out with them. So it's been a struggle trying to, like, convince people, like, <laughs> look, I'm, like, really not a groupie. So I haven't really found anyone that, like, accepts it. And then I'm not really trying to date somebody in the industry because, you know, I've asked players before about, like, what do you think if I dated an NBA player? And they're like, no, absolutely not. Like, yeah. they, they get all protective about me. They don't, they tell everyone, no, I don't want you talking to her, you know? So mm -hmm. it's kind of like this weird, like, I'm a sister to people. And then <laughs> the guys that I'm not a sister to, they think I'm talking to the ones I'm a sister yeah. to. So it's like, it's a little bit like, okay, I'm going to just, like, focus on myself right now yep. and try to, like, stack my money and retire early and do whatever I hey. want. And then, you know, I mean, I would like to date somebody, but it just, you have to find the right person that's confident enough and trusts you. Like, that's any relationship. You should trust each yeah. other. That's real. So if they don't trust me off of what I do for a living, like, you I was going to say, that's your work. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to cheat on you with somebody, why would I even want to be with you? Like, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's know? common sense. Yeah. Sometimes people don't have I was like, that, it's not right? that common. It is common it sense. It is. But I should say people apply that common sense all the time. Yeah, right. The applying part. In their brain, it's like high stakes. It's like, oh, these attractive men with lots of money. Right. Of course you're going to leave me or whatever. But right. who has time for that? I don't have time for that. No. So I've kind of just like... I. I don't want to say I've married my career because I don't want to be like some old cat lady that takes pictures. But like, at the moment, I'm like, I just love what I do and I love being able to pick up and just, you know, fly to Miami and shoot players and do this and without being questioned, like, why are you out and it's four in the morning and are you really shooting, you know, right. pictures? Like, yes, like, like this is this my This is life. what I do. Go look at my Instagram story. What about story. another industry photographer? Like, somebody who gets it. Yeah. That would be ideal. I've, I don't know, I've never really met anyone that I've like, 
I'm still also six feet tall, so it's like I don't want to yeah. date someone that's like little. And a lot of photographers <laughs> are like on the small side. Right. So it's like I'm always she having has a hard. I, I mean, when you're six four with heels on, it's yeah. like you need a different kind of guy that could like you know be cool with that. So, on top of all my other stuff, I'm also really tall for a woman. So it's like I've even had problems finding boyfriends before I did this because of right. just being tall. Yep. Right. So it's always like a weird, like <laughs> interesting balance. But I'm sure you know one day it's gonna happen. But Right now, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to chill and right. wait and see what happens. So. <laughs> I got you. Do you have any other projects that you are currently working on? I'm really trying to get like through the lens picked up right now. That's like okay. my biggest thing. You know, I have like my little sizzle reel going and I would like to, I would like to film players a lot more than I do right now because mm-hmm. pictures like you can capture so much, but video you just get a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to like travel the world and like film these guys and show the positive side. So I'm really like looking to get that picked up and going. But photography has been picking up a lot more. Like I just hit 100K on Instagram. Hey, I got congratulations. the verified check, you know, so it's like that's a big deal, especially in L.A. And I've just kind of learned, you know, in LA, you kind of got to play by the rules. You know, you you, got to be like Instagram famous and you got to network with the people and know them in real life and connect and and really put yourself out there. So I'm not real concerned about like, oh, I need more followers, but it's good because I get more exposure. And that's what I look at it. That's 100,000 people that are like looking at my page. Followers are currency. Yeah, exactly. So it it just depends how you use your, your platform. And I see a lot of these like Instagram famous people, Vine stars and stuff, making six figures off yep. of just posting videos on, right. on online so you know if I could do that I've become more of like a social influencer photographer so it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see I get hired a lot by companies to shoot players because they know the players will post my pictures on Instagram and right. it's kind of like a cool mixture where it's like I get to do what I like doing anyways and I get paid for it and then the players get free pictures and it's just like a whole it works out for everybody so yeah. but I kind of had to create that like there was no job position for that like yep. people are creating job positions for me because it's a different era now and you need to have social media you know to promote your brand it's not about just like TV commercials people aren't watching TV as much as they are their phones and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool that I've kind of like I didn't have anything and I kind of created my own lane instead of, you know, working for an agency or a newspaper. And Like, I'm my own boss. I own everything I do. I work for whoever I want. So it's not the most consistent paycheck, but, you know, it's 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 getting... It's freedom and it's you. It's getting a lot better, yeah, so... Do you have a team with you at all or is it just you? Cassie Athena's in the flesh, solo dolo. I don't know how I do it sometimes. It's (laughs) all me, like... You know, my friend Jordan, he'll help me, like, a little bit with, you know, coming up with ideas for th- through the lens and stuff. But for the most part, like, I'm doing all the filming. I'm doing all the editing. Then I have to network with the people because I don't network. Like, one thing I do, talking about the relationships I've built with players, I don't, like, network with their people. I don't network gotcha. with, like, the the PR people and the agents and all that stuff. I'm, I'm that, cool with that them. person. Yeah, yeah, but I always go directly to, like, the player. I've really learned as a photographer, like, on top of being, like, the photographer and editing and filming and doing all that stuff, I also have to be, like, my own PR person and my own social media person. So, Which I have, is a skill in itself. So you're That's doing yeah. everything. You're a jack of all, yeah. or a Jill of all trades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you looking to add people to the team or you're like, nah, you like the way it is? No, I would like to add people, but I've unfortunately, like, 
I've had some people that I've thought were cool and then I bring them to an event and they want to take selfies with all the athletes or, you know, I do this and then I try to help them with their stuff and then they try to steal all my clients. And oh. So it's kind of like this weird balance where I've kind of created my own lane, but no one really knows how. And so mm. when I start telling people, they just immediately like, you know, there's like a little bit of a formula to how I do things. And when people figure it out, it's not like they can replace me or be me, but then they like don't want to help me because they're trying to build their own brand. Right. And it's like, but they're trying to build it by like going behind my back you know right. finding their lane they're trying to right. stop mine and become who I am and sometimes it's overwhelming I really don't sleep too much but it's like every year it's getting better and bigger and and my friend Jordan really's kind of stepped in a little more to help is like kind of managing and helping as much as he can but for the most part I can't really have a manager I'm not going to give you all my contacts Straight because up. I'm friends with the players directly and then everyone around them has to be friends with me so it's kind of like backwards instead of going through agents because they'll ignore you all day like they yeah. don't care about who you are but the players like me and then they all have to like me so mm -hmm. but I can't like hey like hit up my manager and I'm giving numbers to like, you know, big players. I can't do yeah, that. Yeah, it's not so, going right. to work. It's not going to work so, at all. So yeah. you just kind of created a, a one-woman island and that's how it has yeah. to stay for right now. And I think in the future, the, the most I could do is maybe like have an editor. I'd like to have somebody like do post-production stuff so I could oh, stay yeah. out more in the field. Like that would make more sense. But as far as like going out and doing stuff with me, it's like probably a no-go. But, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff definitely could use more help. But it's just finding that person that fits and understands the world and isn't trying to like take selfies for Instagram. And that's hard nowadays to find someone that's like, because I know so many players that I, I'm like, that would be cool if I had a picture with them and I don't. But I have a relationship with them. And to me, like that's more important than trying to look cool on Instagram, you know? Yeah. And so it's like a little backwards. So everything that you see on Instagram is fake is basically what you're telling <laughs> No, me. but for a lot of people, like exactly. I've had people say like, hey, get my picture. I'm going to go talk to this dude. And they'll literally just go shake his hand and then later be like, oh, with the bro out here. Like he came to support my game. Like that guy doesn't oh, even know no. your name. So like, uh, this uh, like a $5 bill. Like, get this picture real quick. Like, posers. So like, oh my God, just for Instagram. And I would rather just make the real relationship with that person. That's real. I've always so, said the same thing. Like, yeah. I don't need the picture. I want the relationship. Right. Because the thing is, once you make it to a certain level, you're pretty much just a dope person. Right. Like, you figured something else out that the masses haven't. Right. So it's like, I'd rather get to know you right. on, on a personal level than get a picture. Like, what's that really worth? Right. And at first, I like, during the lockout, especially I used to take a lot of pictures of people I would like ev after every game like, you can get a selfie and I realized they put you in the fan zone real quick yep. so it's like they'll be cool like yeah let's get this but then they're like you're a fan like you're not yeah. you're, you've put me on a pedestal so now we're not going to be on the same level right and so I started like realizing like look I'm going to just ask for their contact info and like get to know them and then they started like respecting that and they heard about who I was from their teammates and friends and then so it's kind of you know now I have players that I don't even know hitting me up like let's work let's do stuff so right. um, especially through social media so it's kind of cool but it's just been like a whole interesting process because I, I'm fans of these people I used to freak out when a player would tweet <laughs> yeah. me back like back right. in the day like oh my god yeah. <laughs> like I grew up a teeny bopper like I was yeah. all into that kind of stuff but as I got older I realized like I would rather have the relationship and you're gonna end up getting pictures with them anyways but then you get all like even more perks than that you know like those relationships are priceless and people are like how are you friends with all these players and how did you build the relationships it's because I focus more on just the relationship and like being trustworthy that's like the biggest thing like 
Like, I learned that from being around the game. And, you know, he's a gangster rapper, so, like, he wants me to shoot him smoking weed and drinking and having girls around. That's, like, his image. Yep. Basketball players don't want any of that on camera. <laughs> so. But they're like, they're like, if you never exposed anything bad from the game and you worked with him for four years, because I've seen stuff that, like, probably wouldn't make him look as good. Just like any normal human. Sure. Like, I've got stuff. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. So if we had a camera phone, everybody in this room, yeah. Yeah. it would be like, oh, please don't put that out. Exactly. Like, mm, I need you to cut. Yeah. Right. You know, so, and I never posted anything bad, never said anything bad. You know, and I'm around paparazzi all the time. Like, you'll send me these pictures. We won't put your name. Like, no, I don't want to do it because I wouldn't want someone to do it to me. Yeah. And so, based off of like really working with him a lot, the athletes were like, well, if, you know, he could trust her, then like we could trust her too. And so, you know, like for the most part, play, the players aren't as wild as the entertainers, but. You know, they really do trust that I'm not going to put an unflattering picture of them or, you know, just something random like that, you know? If they get injured and I shot them, I'm not going to post it. I'm not going to tell people, you know? So it's just kind of like an interesting, like, but it's all about trust and that's all about relationships and that's that's the secret. Like, everyone's like, what's your secret? Like, just be honest and trustworthy. Like, there's no secret intentions with me. That's hard for some people, though. It really (laughs) is. Like, people's moral compass is not what you would hope that it it would be. Yeah, no, it is. So we're going to participate in a little thing called Fish Bowl. You pick a random question from the bowl and answer honestly, which you have done so far. <laughs> but these are just fun questions okay. for you to dive into different topics, just in case we didn't get to cover them today. Okay. What big lesson could people learn from your life? One of the biggest things was like when I had my tumor and like I think about like I could have, even how the anniversary is coming up tomorrow, I think if I could have been dead these past, you know, years and it's like I'm still alive and I feel like going through everything I've been through, like you really just have to enjoy your life and mm-hmm. don't wait until you retire to do something because you might not even make it that far. Like enjoy your life now while you can, like take a few days off, go have fun mm-hmm. and, and find something that you like to do even if it's on the side, you know, you never mm-hmm. know what can happen. So I would say just be passionate about whatever you're doing and, and try to enjoy your life along the way. <laughs> uh, when will you be good enough for you? Is there some breaking point where you will accept everything about yourself? I think um, honestly in life, you should never settle at where you're at. Like, you should always want to improve. So I don't, nobody thinks they're perfect and everybody, that's one thing I've definitely learned. You're, I'm around people that people idolize and they are still working on themselves, you know? So I feel like, no, I'll never settle for with who I am because I always feel like there's room for improvement. I don't want to ever just, like, be stagnant. Yes. Um, but there are things that I've overcome, you know, like being tall and being a little bigger. So I've kind of accepted those things now because I'm like, people love me. They don't care about, you know the stuff that I look like they just like me as a person so I've gone through a lot of stuff but overall I would just say like you know just always improve yourself in some way or another you know so yeah yeah, and be happy there's always room for growth yeah exactly final question I don't know what would you change if you knew you were never going to die I don't know I feel like uh, if I knew I was never going to die I would probably just you know maybe be a little more adventurous and do things I might not be so nervous to like go bungee jumping or something like that right. like I would just be a little more reckless and I would try to like travel you know maybe not as often I would probably try to like take more vacation time for myself but you know I feel like I want to get all my stuff you know we don't live to be 200 and some people not even 100 right. so I'm trying to get all the hard work out of the way now so I can enjoy the rest of my life so maybe if I live forever I would just kind of like 
keep working. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be a combination yeah. of both. Like, yeah, I'll work and play yeah. without the stress of trying yeah. to get it all done. Pace yourself. Exactly. Right it wouldn't now. be as, like, rushed. Yeah. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Cassie, thank you so very much yeah, for joining thank you for us. Having me. And you listeners, thank you so much again for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and share it with your friends. And if you have not yet written a review for us on iTunes, make sure you do that as well. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Boom! Boom!